you're listening to the Chess After Show. I'm Andy. Joining me tonight, all the way from the United States of America, I have the legendary One Legion Superfly. Good evening, sir. Hi, good evening, Andy. Thank you for having me. No worries, not a problem. It's an honour to have you on the show, mate, honestly. Well, when you reached out, I was quite honoured. I've, I've never done anything like this before, so this is my first podcast interview. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, I thought, who would be the best guys to get on? And your name kept coming up from the circles that I roll in. So, obviously, I had to get you on the show. And sort of, I've been meaning to speak to someone about Airsoft from America for a long time to find out a little bit more about what it's all about over there. So, um, ideal opportunity to get you on. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. Uh, it's, it's, like I said, glad to have you here. Um, so let's just get right straight into it. So how long have you been playing Airsoft and what, how did you get into it? Uh, before I get into that, I want to mention how great I love your intro music. Uh, I had a chance to listen to your podcast and that jazz is just, <laughs> I liked it. I actually went back to replay it again to hear the music. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do, do you know the funny story about that? I was sat there, I was chatting to uh, Graham, who was in Airsoft Nation, the episode one, about theme music. And because we're the chairs after show, I thought, I need something show busy. Like we've got the old silent movie style writing on the logo. Right. And I literally just Googled license free show music to get me a theme song. And that cost me. Fifteen dollars, and I thought this has got to be the one. He didn't believe I put it on, and he said I creased up laughing when I heard it. <laughs> I absolutely love it. I, I do. It's a great choice. But yeah. to answer your question, you. Um, you know, I have I have four kids. Uh, three yeah. of them are boys that are three years apart, and as they became teenagers and, and early, they asked for airsoft guns. And of course, uh, working in the law enforcement field and the dangers of guns in America because, you know, guns are prevalent over here. We're allowed yeah. to have them. I didn't want my kids running around the neighborhood here with, with airsoft guns and have someone mistaken it as a real gun. And uh, that's how accidents can occur. And it, it happens all across the United States, you know. So, of course, I, I put my foot down and I said, absolutely not. And okay. after a year or two of asking, Santa Claus finally brought some airsoft guns. <laughs> Um, I wasn't aware of it. So, uh, needless to say, they had their guns, and you know we test fired them in the backyard, and they started to play around the house. And I had some safety rules in place. Uh, spoke with the neighbors to make them aware that these are toy guns that my kids are playing with, and the neighborhood kids got involved. But when the BB started to damage my home, that's when I put my foot down and said, "No more. Um, I'll take you to an airsoft field." So. I, I took them to an airsoft field to play, and they said uh, they wanted me to play with them. Um, you know, growing up with uh, with the, with my father working two full time jobs, he he didn't really have a lot of free time to do uh, to do things with me. So I, I made it a goal in life that when I had kids, that I would spend as much time with them as possible. So I agreed to play, but in my head I was thinking, man, I. I don't want to play with toy guns. I, I've been around real guns for, you know, uh, a long yeah, time. Yeah, you around them a day in, day out with your right. Family, yeah, so. <laughs> I'm a firearms instructor. I take my kids to the range to shoot real steel and to teach them. And I couldn't understand why they would want to play airsoft. 
But I put on my gear with my real armor, uh, all 32 pounds of it, and uh, approach, <laughs> approach the game as training. And uh, about two hours later, I was back at the car taking out all my armor, taking out the hard plates, the soft armor. But I fell in love with the sport because to me, it's the best form of training. You know, uh, we go out there, we, we, I train the SRT team. Uh, when, we, when we shoot targets, we do have hydraulic turning targets. We have a running man target, but they're not moving dynamically. And at the end of the day, it's still shooting paper, whether we take them through the shoot house with pop-up dummies, you know, we have dummies on pulley systems. It's not the same because they can only move in one direction and it's preset. Uh, versus airsoft, when you go out there, you're going against another human being that's trying to outflank you, outthink you, outmove you. So uh, I really fell in love with the sport and I fell in love with the community, with the people that I've met. Um, you know, you met, I, I met kids that were, I think, 12 years old and I met. Yeah. grandfathers out there playing with their grandsons that are yeah. you know 60 mad, 60 yeah. years old yeah so it was just a, a great environment um i fell in love with it yeah it's quite interesting you mentioned the uh, the training side of it because i suppose people who play over here may not necessarily look at it from that perspective but speaking about it like that it really makes sense for what you do as a job you know you've got guys you've got to anticipate what they're doing next i suppose haven't you yeah so. absolutely it it really ties into what we do because you know when you play airsoft your objective is to uh, shoot the opponent and yeah. not get shot and there's a lot more dynamics involved with that but at the end of the day that's that's the fun of it that's the adrenaline rush and how it relates to me, how it's relevant to me for training is, you know, when you're coming into a structure, whether you know the interior layout or not, there's blind corners, there's, you know, every room has four hard corners that, that you have to clear, uh, could be multiple yeah. assailants inside. And when you introduce uh, teammates into that, you're going to have to have coordination and communication and all of that is relevant to uh, training from the, for the training aspect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's certainly a unique way of looking at it. Uh, certainly not one I'm sure most of the people over this side of the pond would have thought of, but yeah. Um, so obviously you got into it through there. Um, how long ago was that? Uh, about two and a half years ago. Two so and a half years ago. I'm relatively new to the sport. Because yeah, I was going to say, like, you, look, you look at um, the following you have through social media, through Instagram, that two and a half years, you've just exploded onto the scene, and obviously you've now got the one Legion team, um, which is quite prevalent, and you've got four sort of sub teams in that. I suppose is the best way I can describe it, haven't you? Yes, uh, you know, first of all, the, the social media, I can't explain it. I'm so thankful for that. Um, before Airsoft, I really didn't have a social media presence at all, and it's something that. Uh, I, I made a conscious decision not to have. I don't want bad guys being able to find me. Um, yeah. So, you know, at first, when I first started my Instagram for Airsoft, I didn't show my face and I kept the mask on and I just wanted to be anonymous. But after a couple of months, um, I made some, some great friends on, on IG and through Airsoft and I didn't think that, you know, uh, that was proper to do, to continue to be a faceless person so I opened up a little bit and I remember the first time I did that it was quite it was unnerving because I've never done that before I never shared you know uh, 
anything on on the on the internet like that. Yeah, yeah. It's um, I suppose it's when sort of similar to when Facebook first came out and everyone was starting to share their face for the first time. From your perspective as well, I suppose there's a uh, operational security kind of thing behind that, isn't there? You got to think about not just yourself, but your family, your friends, everything like that as well. So, I mean, I'm sure it was a pretty big step for you to move onto the Instagram and start going, right, I'm going to put my face out there now and get this brand out there as such. Right. It was quite it was something that I really had to think hard about, and uh, I made the decision to do it. But it was it was definitely treading into murky waters because I wasn't used to that. Um, but, yes, I, I do have to think about my family and and being recognized and possibly um, facing some retaliatory actions from, from someone. But I'm very thankful for, for the success that I had. You know, I think... I can't put my finger on it, how, how it happened, yeah. because oftentimes people ask. I, I, I really don't know. I'm just myself. Whether you meet me on IG or you meet me on the field, uh, yeah. I'm the same person, you know? Yeah. I mean, I've, so. I've spoken to you fairly recently over Instagram, just messaging, obviously, before we were discussing the show. Just obviously, we've chatted a couple of times over there, and I've got to say... I think it's just your presence, just your whole attitude and mentality and personality towards Airsoft is what makes you appealing. I mean, I've not heard anyone that I've spoken to with a bad word to say about you. It's all been really good feedback from the likes of Vixen, from Haley, and many other people that I've spoken to in recent months. So I think that's probably helped you. You just sort of seem to come out and promote it in the right way as such. Well, thank you. That's that's great to hear. I mean, I, I think the world of, of everyone you mentioned. Um, I just approach Airsoft and IG the same I do everything else in life where I think, uh, you know, life's too short and as human beings, nobody's ever perfect. So I always want to be better than what I was yesterday. You know, I want to be a good father. I want to be a good husband. I want to be a good friend to my friends. You know, uh, now that I'm involved with Air, Airsoft, I want to be a good uh person that contributes to the sport and to the community um, just promote it in the way how I see it through my eyes yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know if that makes any sense <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm sure it makes sense to everyone else I certainly get what you're getting onto there just approaching it with your own unique way of let's make this the best thing we can and that's what we need in airsoft in general you know I'm, I'm sure you've been made aware of the issues we've had with it over the last couple of years over here. If not, I'll fill you in afterwards. But um, we need more positivity towards it rather than the negative sort of view that comes with it. And people like yourself doing what you're doing is going to benefit that every day of the week. Right, thank you. Um, I did hear of, of some things in the past. And, you know, you have to remember the Airsoft appeals to such a wide variety of, of people and backgrounds you know it's global it's it's all over the, the, the globe except for countries that don't allow it and uh, i can see the appeal in it and it, it just goes back to the adrenaline rush you know you get addicted to that but with that being said there's always room for improvement um i think that you know the airsoft community in the uk is is has is a lot more developed than what it is in the u.s here um, I was of that group that didn't 
respect Airsoft for what it, what it, what potential it could have as far as fun and community and you know the relevance for for training. But you know, it's just misunderstood. Uh, you have to think about the, the 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 age group that it appeals to also. So, in my opinion, it appeals to mostly males between the ages of 14 and maybe 24, 25. So that's the time, you know, I'm a little bit older now, but I can think back when I was at that age. Um, maybe I wasn't as mature. Maybe I didn't think clearly. You know, uh, everyone has that alpha male in them. And when you get involved in a competitive sport like this, sometimes uh, you may get a little bit too competitive and, and forget and let yourself go and could be viewed as negative because of your competitiveness. But, you know, there's, there's always room to make a positive impact on somebody. Um, you know, I just I just enjoy the sport so much, and I think everyone else out there has the right to enjoy it also. So, you know, I've had some negative things happen on the field. I had a, a kid pull a knife on me, a real knife. But, <laughs> you know, at, yeah. Uh, real quickly, I can tell you about that story. We were playing at our local site, and I came around the corner, and I shot him and three of his friends. Uh, my trigger finger is quite fast. And he yeah. thought that I was shooting full auto. So he accused me of, of running uh, a high RPS. So I just politely told him that I wasn't and that I took my FCU out of my stock and showed him that my, my RPS is set to 20. It's default. Yeah. However, I was shooting my gun on semi. And a bunch of curse words and profanity followed from the kid. So yeah. next thing you know, I see a blade come out. And at this time, I had already separated myself. So I had a good 10, 15 feet between myself and, and the kid. And others jumped in and stopped it. So I told the site owner, I said, you know, there's no need to call the authorities. Uh, if anything, you don't need to ban him. Just send him home for today and let make sure his parents know. Yeah. Um, it turned out the kid was only 16 years old. Uh, the kid told me, and as he apologized in the office there, that he, had, he suffered from mental health illness, and that, you know, um, he just wasn't thinking. Uh, so fast forward to today, you know, we're friends. You yeah. know, when I see him and I, I just want to make a positive impact on him. Exactly. So, if you can help someone yeah. while you're doing the sport, all the better. And that's what a community is, helping each other at the end of the day. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I could have pressed the issue. We could have called the authorities, could have... Um, you know, caused a lot of problems for himself and his parents, a lot of money, fines, court appearances. But I don't think that that would have gained anything. No, know. if you can resolve it amicably, you might as well resolve it amicably. Yeah, absolutely. So, hopefully, you know, I was, luckily nobody got hurt that day. Yeah. But. Um, it could it could have gone the other way at the same time as well, so at least it could. resolved friendly and with no damage as such. Yeah. Well, the one question I had for the kid at the time that he told me he had mental health illness is, I said, well, if you know that you have mental health illness and you suffer from that, why are you carrying a blade, and why are you <laughs> carrying a blade on an airsoft field? You know. So. Yeah, we've actually had it here where um, they've in enforced a rule that. Guys need to sort of, like for Milsims, people carry real knives around just as it's part of their kit kind of thing, and they've all got to be taped up and everything uh, before we even get on the field so they can't accidentally pull them. Right. 
I think what it was was the the kid suffered from being bullied in the past because of his mental health yeah, or because yeah, of other right. things. So he just felt the need that to have a blade to protect himself. But he's come a long way since then. He's he's really good really news. good kid. Good yeah. News. Awesome. So fast forward into today, and obviously you're effectively running the One Legion side of things. Uh, how did that all come to fruition, the One Legion team, as it started? Well, the One Legion, I wasn't part of the original One Legion. Uh, it was actually created by uh, One Legion Moses, One Legion Not X, yet. and One Legion Cap, who's no longer uh, on the team. But the three of them created the team. Uh, I I want to say it was about four years ago, five years ago. Okay. And uh, two years ago, it was my birthday, and it was okay. my birthday is July twenty fifth. I had made plans with my son to go out and play at the local field, so we had everything ready the night before. We all know how that looks, packing yeah. for airsoft. Imagine packing <laughs> for airsoft for four people. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. I've always get mocked by my teammates for having far too much kit to begin yeah. with. So times that by four. <laughs> Well, so I got everything packed. The, the morning we woke up and uh, I tried to wake my kids and none of them were interested in going. So my wife turned to me and said, mm, you can't make them go because they're not going to have fun. I said, that's right. She says, are you going to still go? I said, absolutely. I'm all packed. I'm going to go. I'm going to go have fun. Yeah. And this is the first time that I went out without my kids. So I went out and it was about 102 degrees Fahrenheit that day. Ooh. And it was just <laughs> absolutely hot. And yeah. We played all day, had a great time, and that's when I met One Legion Cap and One Legion Moses. Uh, we became friends quickly, and they started to tell me about their team. Um, and that's how I got involved with One Legion. We just became friends. We spoke for about a month or two afterwards, and uh, they offered an invite for, for a position on the team. And I joined, and that's all she wrote. Yeah, and then the rest is history, as they say. The rest is history. <laughs> so at what point did you so decide we're going to go international with this then? Because now you've got South Africa and obviously the UK as well, as well as a sort of subsidiary in Florida as well. That's right. Uh, see, the way that we structure our team is we have three leaders and everything goes to a vote. That way there's never a tiebreaker. Um, so we grew our team, our local One Legion team here, to approximately 15 strong at that moment. And everybody's very motivated. We got together regularly for, um, for training and for events. And then we started to make friends uh, across the globe. And a lot of our friends are in the UK. And we made friends with uh, one particular person. She used to go by the name of FierceFox underscore 13 or yep. Fierce Fox 13. Well, she's since changed her name because obviously she just, she's joined our team. But we yep. made friends with, with, uh, with Emma, and we were attending a Milsom uh, at GTI, uh, a Third Coast event. And we made the, the invite. We, we invited her over to attend a, a, a Milsom in the U.S. So we got her over. We flew her over. We uh, brought her down to that Milsom, and... It was just great. We got on really well. And we had this idea that maybe we can expand our One Legion to the UK because we have such a big following and, and a, a large group of friends over there. And because how the airsoft community in the UK is a lot more developed, it's, it's been a, a, around a lot longer than in the US, we thought it would be great. And, you know, we just wanted to spread 
the uh, the positivity because that's part of our our our, uh, our motto is lead by example. Yeah. So that's how One Legion UK became. And then from there, yeah. yeah, from there, we, we met some really good people in the States here uh, that were out of Florida. So we decided to create a One Legion Florida. And the idea was to originally, the, the idea that we had was to put One Legion Milsims in different parts of the States here uh, and then have different chapters within the United States. And then when we have national events, you know, uh, members from each chapter could join up to be a one legion global team to attend these these milsim events yeah and in south africa you know those guys are, are great guys we've been friends with them for a long time and you know they share the same vision the same mindset the same philosophies as as we do so it was only natural to to bring them into the family yeah because yeah, yeah. i mean that that for all of a sudden it just appeared out of nowhere, oh, we've gone to South Africa as well. It's like, right. what a bit of an obscure place to... Because, like, personally, I'd, I'd got frack on Instagram, but, um, like, the, you don't really hear much about airsoft in South Africa. So, sort of, I, th I feel that them coming on board with you guys as well would help promote somewhere else in the world that we maybe necessarily didn't know as much about the airsoft world there so but yeah it literally just came from nowhere for those yeah. of us not in the know right I, I wasn't aware that uh south africa wasn't that big on the airsoft scene yet i think it's relatively new and they have a few sites but yeah absolutely uh, if we can help promote the sport and educate uh some of these communities that in countries that that don't allow airsoft to rethink it I, th I think yeah, that'd be great. Definitely. At the end of the day, it's all about education, isn't it? It is. Uh, particularly something that we noticed at um, Shot Show the other week. We got chatting to Helix Airsoft Jack. If you've met him at all, I haven't so, yet. Yeah, we got chatting to him. He's got some awesome four one six kit coming out. Um, but uh, he was saying that the reason there seems to be a lot of negativity towards the airsoft at say shot show a lot of the real steel manufacturers just don't understand it so they don't embrace it as such so this sort of thing hopefully could make things better for airsoft in general and get more guys on board with it as such yeah i think so i think some of the, the companies in the u.s here have really seen the potential for the airsoft and uh, for one uh, one example is uh lbt london bridge trading uh yeah. that's who makes most of my plate carriers that I wear and I use it for for work yeah. and uh, they have a sister company called LBX Tactical and they're geared originally they're geared towards the weekend preppers for the weekend shooters for overseas foreign military or contractors but airsofters saw an opportunity to buy good kit at a reduced rate over London Bridge um, trading company the quality is, is just the same, in, in my opinion. I use both, and, you know, that's, that's a company that, that has really embraced it and has done very well for themselves. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, I mean, if you're, not paying the, if you're not willing to pay the likes of Cry precision prices, which, let's be honest, they're ridiculous over this side of the, the Atlantic. I'm not sure how they are over there. 
but if you can get a good kit that's going to work at a affordable price, why you'd be mad not to at the end of the day. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, it's nice to hear sort of where the team came in. And you saying about getting a big group here together? You've recently just done was it Third Coast Airsoft with the op Bone Strike? Yeah, that that was put on by uh, Third Coast Third Coast Airsoft, and the op was called Bone Strike. What a great AO! That was at an abandoned hospital in Vicksburg, Mississippi. And yeah. uh, I think we had about six one Legion show up. You know, Emma came the whole way from the UK with uh, Stuart. Uh, he's Pew Pew Patriot on Instagram. All right, yeah. What a great guy, you know, uh, very talented, great airsofter, incredible photographer. I had I got some great pictures coming out from there that Stuart took. But, yeah, that was great. Uh, we all got together. Uh, probably one of my top three favorite places to play so far. I was going to say it's an unbelievable looking site just from the photos I've seen of it. It looks massive as well. It's massive, it, it was dark, it was quite spooky. Uh, those that, that are close to me know that there's only three things in this world that scares me. And the first thing is, is ghosts. The second yeah. thing are snakes. And then the third is just big dogs that I'm not familiar with. But there's no dogs there. Of course, there's no snakes. It was a little bit <laughs> too cold for that. Uh, but ghosts, wow. That place has the reputation of being haunted. Uh, we were, yeah. There was no electricity. It was just so dark that even nods didn't work uh, without an IR illuminator. All you'd get is just a lot of grain. But yeah. it was fun. We set up for a Tier 1 night op where the Tier 1 operators had to fight their way, push us back, and then uh, find a chemical trail to follow it, to find the bomb, to defuse it. Well, at any rate, we found a, a hospital bed, and we put it in the middle of the corridor, and we tied Cat 5 cable to it and let it down the hallway. So the idea was, as they pushed us back, we were not going to engage and let them move up slowly and quietly because they didn't want to be detected. At that point, we were going to pull the hospital bed and have it move on its own. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's evil, but that's genius at the same time. <laughs> it, was, it was quite fun. Uh, I, I heard other guys tell some stories how they were spooked. Uh, thank goodness I, I wasn't I didn't experience anything like that the only yeah. weird thing that I experienced there and we were setting up that night uh, it was only a group of eight or nine of us we were in the middle of, of an intersection between two corridors and all of a sudden we felt this extreme coldness it was just very cold in that particular yeah. section so needless to say we hurried up and got the heck out of there <laughs> <laughs> don't blame you don't blame you yeah, you, I mean, you seem to go. You guys seem to get access to a lot of really unique sites over here. I mean, short of the MOD sites, really, there's not much in the way of places like that for airsoft. So, definitely got to try and get myself over there one day for a game, just just at one of these unique sites. Yeah, I would love to have you over. Uh, yeah, we we're very lucky that we have good promoters here. Uh, with American Milsom, Third Coast, uh, they, they do a really good job at finding these unique AOs. You know, I had a lot of opportunity to play at. Uh, I played at Fort Hood. I played at Camp Shelby. Uh, we played at a, an old nuclear. Uh, I don't know exactly what they did, but I think it was like some sort of refinery 
uh, that's right, been decommissioned. Yeah. And that's, that's actually where I'm going next. It's uh, the Government Training Institute in South Carolina. Yeah, yeah. In fact, that's how I found out about you was just after the. It must have been just after the event with Emma, actually, where um, you'd played there, and that was actually where I found you on Instagram. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's so, a, it's a great site. Uh, my favorite site has to be the Guardian Center. Unfortunately, the the U.S. government stepped in and has locked that that AO down for a good five to six years, from what I hear. So we won't be returning there anytime soon. They're, they're utilizing that facility for training their troops, for yeah, training the U.S. troops. Yeah, that's the, that's the thing that's happened over here with a lot of these MOD sites recently. You've had um, guys book games in and then get bumped at the last minute because it's needed for training, which is understandable. You know, at the end of the day, these guys have got a job to do. They need to train. Same, same as you guys in the law enforcement business. You need to. You guys have got to train as well. So if they're needing it more, then unfortunately we're going to um, take the back burner. Right. <laughs> just, to, just to go back to a point in that you that you raised earlier with the regards to real steel and the access to it in the US. Obviously, we don't have such fun over here as I did when I was out there. As if you saw on the fifty cal video, I did. That, that was that was great. Like the, the first round we put through that, all you can hear is us lot laughing afterwards. Just the guys, me, me laughing, just at firing the thing in the first place. But the guys behind me, they were like, all you could feel was the air just move. That's the only way they could describe it. Just everything shifted it's around a, them. It's exhilarating, isn't it? It's it's unbelievable. I, I don't know what I don't know how to describe it in words, <laughs> apart from awesome fun and big smiles on my face. Yeah, but um, you should have seen me with the deagle. I was more worried about hitting myself in the face. <laughs> oh, that's quite mild. Yeah, it's not the first time when you're not used to real handguns. Right. <laughs> um, but with with regards to the real steel, do you find that the access to it, the open access to real firearms, improves the standards of the weapon safety in airsofters? For example, when you're in safe zones and handling the rifles and that, because I mean. We've had some silly things happen over here in the past. Um, we had a guy, unfortunately, lost his eye a couple of years back, just looking down the barrel and pulling a trigger, and silly things like that. But do you find that the real steel will help guys handle the weapons a bit better when they're in the safe zone a bit more aware? I, I, I wish I could say yes, but unfortunately it's not. Uh, the mishandling of the airsoft guns that you've witnessed over there uh, happens over here with the real steel also. Um, just because there's access and easy access for firearms and the right to ownership of firearms over here, it doesn't improve the safety uh, that much. Um, now how it relates to the airsoft, most of the people that play airsoft are not of age to own a real firearm yet over here in the, in the U.S. So uh, uh, I, I don't okay. really see the difference between between the, the safety, you know, I played airsoft in the UK and I played airsoft throughout the United States here. Uh, a lot of that rests on the site itself and how stringent their rules are. But I didn't see any, uh, any lack of safety at all the sites I've been to. Some are just a little bit more relaxed with some of the rules than others. Yeah, but, but I, I think- mean, me, Sorry, me personally with, um, with these things, um, because I was raised with the cadet forces, I've been handling 
rifles since the age of 13 and I've sort of like personally and I've noticed a few of the X-Mill guys I play with will they'll pick it up your pistol you cock it back you lock it make sure it's clear before you put it in your holster same with gas blowback rifles and that and I, I would have thought you'd see more of that over there I'm, I'm quite surprised that it's not as big as I would have thought no it's not but the guys who are prior service the guys who who do own weapon systems over here uh, they're generally a little bit older uh, mid-twenties to thirties but when you see them hailing their weapon you can you can almost guess that they were a prior service or you know they know their way around the weapon system um, the one thing that sticks out to me is they don't flag their 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 partners their buddies um, even on the field when you're moving um, and like you said you know they check it to make sure it's clear they show clear before they holster yeah it's, I, 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 I'm actually quite surprised by that I had this vision of everybody doing it so it's interesting to hear um, <laughs> that they don't listen I'm a firearms instructor and uh, I do it for work and I also do it privately to help uh, uh, some of the local gun clubs I belong to and man some of the safety violations some of the things that they've done has been really scary yeah I can imagine I've, I've probably witnessed it with um, some of the kids that we used to train as well. I used to be a range officer, so obviously part of that role, if you weren't running the range at the time, was you'd supervise the firers as well. And generally we had a one to two for experienced guys, one to one for new firers. So <laughs> some of the stuff I've seen, probably you've seen as well over the years, and you've probably seen it all between us. Oh, yeah, you can't make it up either, you know. No, you can't. That's what I've seen was when I had a uh, five five six round just fall apart on me. That was interesting. Wow! <laughs> Pulled the trigger, nothing happened. Locked it back, and I was like, I swear, I, I swear, I cocked it. <laughs> and, then, and then, literally, the empty came out, and I looked down, and all I could see was the powder at my arm. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, that was a that was a how do I clear this moment? <laughs> um, so. Uh, I asked some of the guys on Instagram uh, to reach out and post their questions and same on Facebook as well. Um, and the main response I've had has been from Mr. Dan Hearn, Beaker72 Ronin. He has sent me an extensive and comprehensive questioning list here. Okay. So I'm making sure I've got enough time to get through it all for him. Um so, first one I've got on the list, why the name Superfly particularly? Well, uh, that's come up before. You know, when I joined, when I, when I started to play Airsoft, uh, we just wore our name tape with our last names on it. All four, all four of us, my, my three sons and I. And when, when I joined One Legion, they said, hey, you need a call sign. And, you know... Superfly just jumped right out. It was the first one I thought of, and it's the, the one I didn't I didn't really have any other that I was considering. Uh, it goes back to my bikes. I, I like to race mountain bikes. Um, I was very active on it for the past eight, nine, ten years. And yeah. my favorite bike that I ride is made by Trek, and it's called the Superfly. So it's a full suspension, full carbon bike. Uh, I actually own three superflies and I just I just like the name so when I was considering the name I, I googled it just to see what what it came up with and in the urban dictionary it came up with some 
great adjectives, you know. So I said, you know, great, that's, that's going to be perfect for me. And actually, one of the guys on the team tried to talk me out of it. They said, that's too long for comms when you're trying to call me. I said, well, just call me Soup. <laughs> yeah, just for short, just call me Soup. And it was kind of a play on words, too, because I'm considering making a new patch that is in the form of a Chinese soup bowl, but have BBs yeah. in it. And just have the word soup on there. <laughs> that's brilliant. That's brilliant. Do that. I'll, I'll take ten. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's pretty much how I, I got the name. Uh, the other part of that is when I was younger, I used to watch WWF, which is now WWE. And one oh, of my I can even remember the you WWF remember that? days. Yeah. Well, there was then it partic- changed, and I was like, "What is it? WW?" Right. Because that's all it is now. But then it's like, where did the E come from? It's not the logo. Right. Well, one of my favorite wrestlers was Jimmy Fly Snooker. Jimmy Fly, right, yeah. Jimmy Fly Snooker. Blimey. Yeah. <laughs> that's so going back that, a few years. Yeah. That is. So you know, the, between the bike and my favorite wrestler and the meaning that it has, I said, "Yeah, that's yeah. perfect for me. Let's do it." So I ordered my name tapes, and that's it. Awesome. Awesome. And it's quite unique, uh, I think. I'm, I'm kind of happy about that because, um, you know, in Airsoft, there's, and in, in the military world, there's a lot of popular, yeah. um, popular call signs, and I'm quite, I'm quite pleased yeah. that it's, it's, it's unique. Yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a good story behind it as well. I mean, Thank you. My, my, my personal call sign on my team is breakfast, and that's just because I find the nearest McDonald's for us to go for a game. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the length of our nicknames over here. That's great. Um, I met a fellow over there. He's a, he's a friend of mine. He's a friend of Matt and Claris too, uh, Wookie and yeah. Dixon. But his call sign is gravy. <laughs> <laughs> Worth it. In fact, we did have a guy um, a few years ago when I was with the cadet forces, when I was still one myself, so you're looking, ooh, 10, 11 years ago now. His nickname was Bisto, <laughs> and we couldn't, we couldn't figure it out for ages why, and it turned out he turned around in the uh, in the cookhouse once at an army camp and spilt gravy all down the front of one of the regular troopers that was there, so he got the nickname Bisto forevermore. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> See, call signs, call signs, like we have call signs for my team at work but that's you, you don't get to pick it You're, it's given to you yeah it's and, assigned as such right so we have some uh, probably not not appropriate for this prod, podcast but it's we, fine you can you can you can you can pretty much say the sky's the limit for yeah. anything at the moment with regards to the language on it <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i'm glad you asked about that uh that came up once or twice before yeah, it's it's uh, the, like the whole. I mean, finding out more about how the people got these names is one of the things that interests me. For example, with Haley and finding out how she got the Team Betty nickname, that was quite interesting on last week's episode. That was, you know, I, I never yeah. knew that. That, that yeah. that's really interesting how she got that. Yeah. Um, so uh, after your visit to the UK last year. How do UK UK players compare to the US players in style, hit taking, attitude, etc.? You know, uh, I'll say the same thing I said last year when I was over. The hit taking over in the UK is just absolutely awesome. Everybody, it was just amazing. Uh, as far as play style, uh, it was pretty much the same as as the US here. Um, I played at the goal and I played at uh, Skirmish Woodlands. Yeah. Uh, it was both fantastic days, and I have to say that was probably my favorite 
airsoft weekend ever. I mean, I had the most fun over there. I, I remember this. This uh, now, when I was over, I was at the goal, and that's part outside, part indoors. Yeah, and, yeah it's uh, a good site. That it's a, I've got a private day, day coming up there in a couple of months, actually. Oh, it's a great site. It's the perfect mix between CQB and, and some longer engagements outside. But it was about eighty degrees Fahrenheit. Um, not sure what that is in Celsius, but to me, that was a perfect day. I mean, just yeah, absolutely. It's not too warm. It's just warm no. enough to. But everyone there was saying how hot it was, how how exhausted they were, and it, you know it was really hot. I guess you guys aren't used to weather like that. No, exactly, and especially when you're running around indoors as well, it's obviously a lot warmer than when you're outside. Right. So we were at the far spawn point. So every time you get killed, you have to run back and touch the fence, and the site owner was back there. So oh, I, Justin. Justin, yeah, great yeah. guy. So I would I would go up and go indoors and get killed. And instead of walking back to the, to the respawn, I'd sprint back. I'd sprint back, touch the fence, and sprint right back into action. And Justin says to another marshal, he says, oh, he's eager. <laughs> <laughs> I just ran yeah. all day. Yeah, that's what it's all about. Um, so obviously following on from you being over here last year, uh, when are you back? We're planning come to come back. I was planning on coming back. I didn't have a solid date. Uh, just recently, we've kind of penciled it in. It's not solid yet, but I was thinking about coming over in May, but now it's been pushed back to August. So we're looking at the second week in August. Um, I plan on coming over. Uh, we got some good plans where last year we just came and we played at two different sites. We brought loads of giveaways from all of our sponsors and you know, it's just some prizes that I brought over myself, and it turned out great. But this year, we're going to do it a little bit different. We're going to come over, and on the Saturday, on the first weekend, we're going to do a clinic where people can come in groups yeah. of, you know, maybe five to ten, maybe even bigger. It just depends what type of training we're going to do. But we're going to offer training, and the fee that we charge, all of that goes... 100% of it goes to charity. So oh, we'll, we'll wow. spend a day doing that and have a barbecue afterwards. And then on a Sunday, we'll run a mini milsim with no cap on players. We can run up to 200 players. And uh, the small amount that we charge, 100% of that is going to go to um, another charity. So we're going to give to two charities, one in the U.S. and one in the, in the U.K. And Fierce Fox is, is in charge of that. She has two picked out, which I can't remember uh, who they are at, at the moment. But, uh, I'm sure all the details will be coming up on Instagram before long anyway. Yeah, absolutely. But I'm sure you can count a few of us from the South in for that. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. That, that's going to be great. And another thing I want to do differently this year is I want to see a castle. You know, I never had... I do. I want to see a castle so bad. Just don't come to Hartford where I live and look at the castle. It's so underwhelming. It just looks like another brick building. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Got the old walls around the outside and then it's just a brick building in the middle of it. You're like, oh, <laughs> this is a castle? <laughs> well, that's, I've seen some beautiful pictures of, of beautiful, beautiful castles over there. And mm. I was never interested in castles before until I recently binge-watched uh, Game of Thrones, all seven seasons. I'm, I'm still on season halfway through season two. I'm well behind the times. So. <laughs> <laughs> that that show is just that's absolutely my favorite show. 
Well, if you, if you head down towards Windsor Castle, give us a shout because I'm just around the corner at work, so I can head up one afternoon and come and fade in that. If you want to head into London, give Absolutely. us a shout. I'm, I'm down that way. I can get there in 40 minutes on the train. So that's great. That's another thing I want to do. I want to go to London and ride on the second, the second tier on the on on the bus. Yeah, <laughs> go go on the uh, London Eye and that as well. Yeah. And then, and then if you wanted your taste from home, I know the perfect restaurant for you, the barbecue restaurant. <laughs> That's great. Um, yeah, obviously, for the guys, if we just watch the Instagram, all the details will come out through there, I'll take it. Okay. For, the, getting... um, for, for you coming over, I guess all the details will be coming out on Instagram through the other media channels that you have. Yeah, so we'll put it out once we get... Once we get some solid dates and some solid plans, we'll put it out to, on Instagram. I know uh, Fierce Fox, uh, she's taking the lead on this. She has a Facebook yeah. page, too, so look out for it on her Facebook. We'll, we'll get the message out. Love to see friends over there. Um, like I said, the last time I was over, it was just my favorite airsoft weekend ever. It was just fantastic. Yeah. And getting back to your original question, uh, I think the players over there, uh, play just as well as over here, uh, especially when they have the, the advantage of, of knowing you know the site. Uh, the hit calling was just so much better. Everybody was yeah. it was just it was just a very positive vibe that weekend from everybody. It's interesting you say that. I'm surprised people get away with it over there because you guys have a higher FPS limit than we do, don't you? From what I understand. I, I don't think it's a matter of not feeling it. <laughs> it's just they choose to ignore it. <laughs> yeah, I, I think so. Uh, but it, it's not. Don't don't get me wrong. It, it's not that bad. I'm not. Uh, hopefully, I'm not painting the wrong picture. You know, you yeah. get you get your occasional ones, and I do understand yeah. that when you have all that kit on, sometimes you don't feel it if you get hit in the mag or, you know, uh, on your chest carrier, your plate carrier yeah. with all that stuff on there. So I understand it happens. I always give the people the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's the best way to do it. Right. Just give the people the benefit of the doubt. Obviously, if you can physically see them pegging off of them and you're lacing them full away, then it becomes a different story right. entirely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, moving on on Beaker's Babble. This is the, that's a brilliant name, by the way, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> Beaker's Babble, amazing. Um, what's your most expensive piece of kit? Oh, man, it's... Probably my plate carrier, but luckily yeah. I didn't have to pay for it. Uh, work provided it. But the LBT oh, right. 6094, it retails for $445 US dollars. Uh, I do know, you know, if I had to purchase it uh, with my law enforcement discount, I get 20% off. But yeah. it's still quite expensive. Uh, yeah, the, the reason why I have those is because I use them for work. And that's, yeah, you can sort of multi-purpose it. You've got it for I do work, and you know it's going to be reliable. And you've got it for airsoft mm -hmm. as well. Then, yeah, you know it's it's not it's not about how much you spend. It's about functionality yeah. and about quality. You know, some there's some kits that that I got I bought from my kids, and when I first started, um, like a pair of trousers, they they lasted one game and they ripped. Uh, my kid's plate carrier, he was putting a mag in and. Uh, the molly pouch that was attached to the molly, all the stitching for the molly ripped off. So I, as long as it's it's good quality, it really doesn't matter, you know, uh, 
how much you paid for it or anything like that. You know, it's all about going out there and just having it function well for you. And, and you know, if it looks good, then great. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's awesome. I'll have to have a look at them properly. I've seen them around, but I'm going to have to have a proper look at those guys for kit. Um, what else we got? Why not wear grey all the time? It is the best loadout from Dan. Well, he likes <laughs> well you know, that grey is actually my work uh, uniform. Our SRT team, right. we run grey. Yeah. And, we, you know, the big push over in the U.S. with a lot of the agencies is uh, the old school special special teams uniform is usually navy blue or black well black doesn't work well it stands out in any lighting uh as does blue and it's very 90 so the shift was towards uh ranger green or some of these tack teams actually went to camouflage because tactically yeah. it does work you do blend better however um the, the i think it's not politically correct anymore uh, because you know, during the Obama administration, he want, a lot of accusations where our police forces were looking too military. So yeah. when, when people, when agencies decided to replace uniforms, they went with the gray. So it's not military. It blends well in, in, in the urban settings. It blends really well in low light. Um, yeah. But because I wear it for, for work so much, maybe that's why I don't wear it in airsoft. And... I think in airsoft you don't see too much of that, and uh, I think I would wear more of it if I played more urban settings. Um, you know, a lot of the, the places that we play are outdoors, wooded, so multi-cam, ranger green, things like like that match up a little bit better. Um, there is Sierra Dynamics, uh, a faction of the American Milsom that runs either the uniform is black or gray or arctic, so it's it's pretty nice. Uh, I did play on Sierra Dynamics uh, at Fort Hood recently, but I went with, with black instead of the gray. Yeah. So, yeah, I have a full kit. I have a full loadout in gray. I, I think I do need to wear it more. But that's pretty much the reason why I don't wear it all the time. Because <laughs> you wear it so often for your day job, you don't want to wear it when you're having fun as well as such. Right. And uh, the gray pants that I have, it, it's not the ones that have knee pads in it. So with these old knees, I've, I've, so, I've been so <laughs> accustomed to having knee pads. And in the moment, you don't think about it. You know, you're shooting standing, you make contact, and then, you know, you drop to the knee quickly to change levels. And when I drop down, even if I just kneel on a BB, I, I feel it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, I know that feeling. It's like stepping on a plug, isn't it? Oh, my goodness, yes. <laughs> uh, um, so do you play at many CQB sites or do you skirmish regularly or is it more the Milsim side of it you do now? Uh, I think we skirmish more than we play Milsims. Uh, last year I think I went, I attended seven or eight Milsims because yeah. it can get quite expensive to travel and to pay for the ticket and everything else associated with it. Yeah, so, I suppose it's a lot bigger country than it is in the UK. So. Right. So we, we do skirmish. Uh, I try to play our local site here has one event a, a month, so we try to play once a month. I have traveled approximately six times. The closest CQB site to me is about three hours away. That's the yeah. one thing that uh, that you guys have over there, which I envy, which is you have a variety of sites very close. You know, my local site, when I say local, it's still an hour away from me. But, yeah, uh, yeah I, I quite enjoy the CQB because that's, that's what I do. Um, that's how I, you know, I train the guys. It's it's all CQB stuff. 
and it's it, I like the fast pace. It's a lot of fun, and uh, you know, I like not wearing the whole Milsom kit when when you play CQB. Also, yeah, I suppose when you're at a skirmish, it's a lot different because you haven't got to carry things like your cooking equipment. You haven't got to think about where you're going to sleep and everything. It's a lot less kit to take with you for the day, isn't it? Right, and you know, I I, I like it where the CQB actually showed up in jeans and a and a plaid shirt before. I just threw a plate carrier on and played. So it's fun. <laughs> yeah. The, the proper PMC look. Right. <laughs> um, I started uh, tagging my, my pictures in plaid on Instagram with the uh, hashtag lumbersexual, and it kind of caught on. <laughs> I saw that on yeah. the Dom, Dominic Lambert's post the other day. Yeah. <laughs> I, saw, I saw that on one of these. <laughs> I think you started a new craze there. Yeah. Lumbersexual is going to be the new thing. You watched. Oxford Dictionary next year, lumber sexual. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, so, one thing that Dan was curious about, I'm actually quite curious about this, with regards to the One Legion team, I say team, it's more a family. That's been proven countless times of the way that you guys all interact with each other on um, yeah, that's on accurate. social media. You know, the, um, I love all of them, and it, 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 that's a great way to describe it. It's a family. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I th- I th- that's the only way I think I can describe it. I mean, it was summed up perfectly by Emma the other day on Instagram when she said that you were basically her battle brother from another mother kind of thing. <laughs> it sums up the... Uh, I, th- I think they were the words. I can't remember exactly because I haven't got it in front of me. Right. But um, how do guys... How do you sort of choose who gets on the team? Is there an interview process or is it just based on how they are, how they react in the field, their mentality and their attitude towards the sport and the community? It, it involves everything you just mentioned. So, you know, when we formed a team, we didn't go after all prior service, all, you know, certain height, certain build, certain physical capability. Uh, like our original team, we had guys as young as 14 years old on there, and we had someone as old as 57. So it's all about the overall package. It's all about, you know, what is your personality like? Uh, what is your outlook, your philosophies? Are you a positive person? Um, just are you will you be good for the community will you be good representing our name yeah Uh, but just to kind of further expand on that uh, you know one legion milsom is the team that i'm on and it's the original team Uh, again we run three different leaders that way everything goes to a vote so what we do is when we create new chapters we will place and and choose the three leaders that's going to be running that particular chapter because their structure is going to be the same. However, we don't go as far as choosing the players that's going to be on their team. It's going to be up to those chapter leaders to pick their own players. And I think I can speak for all of them. Um, They really weigh all of those different attributes that I just talked about. You know, uh, um, we don't necessarily look at what type of kit they have or how, what kind of skill set they have, what their capabilities are. You know, it's just, are they a good, positive person? Are they going to be someone that's good representing our name uh, and stand for what we believe in? So yeah, yeah. hopefully that answers the question. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sure it, it gives us more of an understanding of how it works in the background for you guys because obviously you've got the front face inside of it, which is all your social media turning up at the events but then people may not necessarily understand right how because i mean let's let's be honest 
half of these guys you probably would never have met in a million years if it wasn't for airsoft so it's finding the like-mindedness and making sure that everyone's a, the correct fit as such isn't it so as you can Absolutely. thrive as a team yeah we, we do that we also have a rule that we we never nick players that's on another team yeah uh that's not something we don't want to be known for stealing players um you know like once the three leaders of that particular chapter uh decide they they run it by us and we have the right to veto for 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 good reason if if, if yeah. there is any or you know uh if they just want to bounce the name off of us to see our perspective on the person uh yeah we'll, we'll, we'll give feedback but generally we let them choose because it's their team yeah that's awesome that's awesome um I'm sure that'll answer Dan's question. <laughs> it's a lot of information to take in. It's such a short amount of time. Um, what's your opinion on Speedsoft? Obviously, it seems to be a lot bigger over there than it is over here. There are, I don't think there's a day that goes by where I don't see an American YouTube video go up and it's literally just Speedsofter, Speedsofter, Speedsofter. Yeah, you know, I, I like I like everything Airsoft. You know, I like the, yeah. the, the Milsim, the full-on Milsim. I like the CQB. I've never gone and and done a, a an entirely speed soft loadout but mm. i i took a lot of their tactics and gameplay when i play cqb sites i mean yeah. it's super fast paced these guys are quite amazing because of their athleticism and their mm. youth and their knees but they can run and slide and you know uh so i think it's yeah, great I, I couldn't do it because i'd get to i'd get halfway through the day and i'd literally be on my knees yeah. dying <laughs> by that point <laughs> yeah I, I think it's great i think it all has you know like uh the, at the recent milsom event i was at uh we made we fought our way up fly, five flight of stairs we made it to the yeah. top and the idea that with my squad was that uh we could have went into any different floor because they they were all occupied by enemies but what I wanted to do was fight to the top and then fight our way down. Clear down is easier than clearing up. Yeah. So we went it to the top and we met some heavy resistance once we entered that floor. And the kid that killed me was a speed softer and, or he had yeah. that in his background because I was, you know, I had taken three guys out and I was, had my gun trained on where I thought the enemy was going to pop out. Well, he came running and he went low and slid and when he slid out on his knees, he, he took two shots and they were both good hits on me before I could react. My gun was high. You know, by yeah. the time I dropped my gun low uh, and threw it off of safety, trigger figure went to the to the trigger. I was already hit. So yeah. <laughs> that's one of the things that uh, that's really great. You know, you, you can utilize all these different tactics from all different facets of airsoft. And, you know, it's, it's relevant if you if yeah. you can employ them. Yeah, like I said, it's a lot bigger over that side of the Atlantic. Um, it's, in fact, there's been a, quite a lot of resistance to it recently, and I actually went on to a post about it uh, fairly recently and said, look, guys, space officers stay, like it or not, you just got to embrace these guys as part of the community. Right. You know, at the end of the day, it's, it's just another aspect of Airsoft. Well, I, l I look at it... Or, or a speed softer by... Exactly. By, that's all you do. You've right. got to embrace the other side of it and just develop that. Right. So I look at it as biking. You know, uh, I race mountain bikes, and the bikes that I ride are full suspension. But within yeah. the mountain biking community, there's guys that ride hardtails, only front suspension. There's guys that ride fully rigid. And then there's guys that ride with no gears, just a single speed. But, and then uh, there's road biking. 
and then there's cross, you know, uh, cyclocross. So they're all different, but at the end of the day, it's still cycling. You know, I, I do all of it, uh, but my main one is going to be mountain biking because that's why I, I enjoy and love the most, being off-road, you know, going down some treacherous terrain at 20 miles an hour, you know, and that, that's what I like. However, I ride road bike to train, and it's completely different. So... Yeah. Airsoft is the same thing. You know, my love is still going to be Milsom, but I will go to CQB sites. I will do the speed soft style play because it can only help. It can only add tools to my to my my belt that I can utilize. I can employ it's different just tactics. String to your bow, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. So you know, it's it's just whatever they like. You know, we, we try we try to be open minded, and you know, we never judge people on their play style, what kind of kit they wear, what color camouflage they like. Yeah, it just doesn't matter. It's whatever works for them. As long as they're having a good time, that's all that matters. You know, if speed softers, exactly. if that's what they love, that's what they want to do, go for it. Yeah, and as a community, we should just be embracing them. Yeah, same, same with the, the women of Airsoft. I don't know if you noticed, but, you know, One Legion Milsom, we really support the women of Airsoft because they are the minority um, mm. because yeah. of the demographics of, of players that, it, that Airsoft appeals to. Again, it's 14 to maybe 24 males, Maybe they have a different outlook on females, but if they can see, you know, a team that can get behind the women of airsoft movement and embrace them and have, you know, uh, I think Luna Airsoft, she, she has a patch called Equal Airsoft. I think it's great. And, you know, it, we're welcoming to everybody, all ages, all sexes, all different styles of airsoft. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, the way I the way I need I look at it, and I feel that everyone should be looking at it. You you go out on that field, be they male, female, gay, bisexual, transgender, whatever. What you see is another airsoft player. That's, that's it. it. That's it. That's it. It's as simple as that. I don't see why it's so divided and divisive. Yeah. It shouldn't be. There's no reason why. To me, I see targets. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. target. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, tell, I'll tell you say about that. I'll tell you about something after we finish recording. You you might find it quite amusing. Um, next question I've got: What's your most important piece of kit, apart from obviously your riff? What's the one item you can't do without? Obviously, you you need your riff and your carrier. Right. Uh, I, I think the the one piece of kit that I wouldn't like to play without is my helmet because yeah. I feel like you have to protect your head, you know, because look, I'm out there, I don't know about other people, but when I'm on the field, uh, I, I'm 110%, I'm all in. Sometimes I forget that it's airsoft, you know, I get into that training mode, uh, I play, and you know, we play on some treacherous terrain, and you can lose your footing, you can, there's some low, there's some areas with low ceilings, pipes. Uh, so I just want to protect my head and, and ensure my safety. You know, I've seen other airsoft slip and fall and smack their head off the ground. Uh, I've never, that's never happened to me, but I've banged my head on uh, some low-hanging pipes and things of that nature in the past. And I, I think that's probably, to me, for safety reasons, my most important kit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I personally don't run a helmet just because I, find it, I found it too cumbersome, but definitely head protection I wear a baseball cap obviously I've got my sword in covering my ears as well so at least I've got some protection there because it hurts in the ear right <laughs> I got shot in my ear by my own son it was during training so we put him in the tower approximately yeah. 70 feet away so it's quite far and yeah. what my direction for him is to shoot into the windows once you see the team move in 
That way they can hear the BBs hitting the walls and I want to see if guys hesitate or not. I said, don't necessarily aim for them, but shoot near and around them. So as I came across the window, uh, I got hit all across my face. And I didn't have my ear pro on because I was instructing. I had my face pro on and my helmet, of course. But I felt a BB go in my ear. So, yeah, and to get it out, I was afraid to push it in, you know. So I was just shaking my head vigorously and everybody was looking at me like, they, they didn't know what was going on. <laughs> so, so, so like when you get that bit of water in your ear in the shower right. and you're trying to get it out and you're shaking your head. <laughs> right. But yeah, that's, that was a, a one in a million shot. That BB went right straight in my ear. That's quite... What do you say about that? I've, I've had an obscure one before. Before I got my... Um, when, when my beard was quite long once before, one of the lads come up to me after the game. He goes, did you realise you got a shot in the face? I was like, no, why? And he literally dug a BB out of my beard and it had just gone in and embedded itself in there. I had no idea it was there at all. And I was like, oh, sorry, whoever that was. <laughs> That's great. Uh, but yeah, I can, I can understand the whole protecting your head. Um, I mean, I, I don't know about over there, but over here, there's usually a. It's usually written into the insurance that anyone under 18 has to wear a full face protection anyway, but that doesn't cover helmets. And okay. I think Head Pro generally is needed um, just, just for your own benefit. Right. Uh, I mean, even if you fell over and you just banged your head mid game, right. you know, you've got that, that extra level of protection there, haven't you? It's like wearing the ankle support on your boots. Right. There's, there's been times when I played in the baseball cap. It just depends on the environment and the, the site that I'm yeah. playing at. But generally, I, I'll wear my lid uh, yeah. just just to be safe. Yeah, I might have to try a fast helmet, see if it's a little bit lighter. I had one of the MICH replicas, right. and it was just far too heavy and cumbersome for me personally. And the day I wore it, it was about 30 degrees C, and that was at the jail, actually. And... I was dehydrated by the end of the day. I was very badly dehydrated. Not as bad as one guy that we nearly took to hospital, but enough to know you've messed up here right. <laughs> since. Um, yeah, so helmet definitely most important bit of kit for you, other than your riff and your rig. Right. Um, what advice would you give to someone starting out in the sport? Uh, my advice would, would be to get a, a decent rifle. Um, don't worry about your plate carrier or anything like that first start with a decent rifle and uh, good eye pro and just go out there and have fun you know even if you don't have any friends you're gonna make friends you know just go out there you, it may feel awkward the first 15 20 minutes but I guarantee you at the end of the day you're gonna leave with 10 more friends than you had when you started so just get out there and meet people have fun so that's that's probably the best advice because you know I've talked to people before and they say well I really wanted to do it but I don't have the money for all the gear listen you don't need all the gear you just need a, a, a gun a yeah. decent gun um, I've heard people say well I don't have any friends and well there's plenty of friends there waiting for you yeah go out and make some yeah at the end of the day. absolutely that's what all about. Mm-hmm. Um, last question from Dan is when can we have a beer <laughs> yeah next time I'm over uh, hopefully the over, second yeah. week in August there uh, first rounds on me <laughs> I'm sure he'd appreciate that. I have a funny story about that. I went over and we, we ended up at the orange tree. I'm not quite sure what town that is. It was the town that I stayed in. Um, at any rate, it's called yeah, the orange yeah, trees. You, yeah, you were up north, weren't you, last yes. time? 
So it was a great, great bar. Uh, they had a live band playing, and uh, Matt Wookie had bought the first round. Uh, so when the drinks went went empty, uh, I wanted to buy the second round, so I went and went up to the bar. I ordered what I needed to order. I think it was about 35 pounds, 34 pounds. Yeah. So I'm not quite sure how much that is in dollars, but I gave her 42 pounds, I believe, and I told her to keep the change. And yeah. the bartender was quite confused. And call sign Gravy, who was with me, says, ah, don't worry about him. He's American. He doesn't know. And I was like, <laughs> what? I, I thought I didn't tip enough. I, I thought that maybe I messed up. And he says, no, no, no. People don't tip over in the UK. It's quite, it's quite yeah, different. Yeah, that's one thing I've noticed over there. Because obviously the sort of the waiting staff at places over in the states tend to get very poor wages don't they so they rely on the tips right more than anything whereas over here there is a minimum wage that they have to be paid oh, so okay. even if they get a minimum wage it's it's like the whole sales tax thing you have as well people can't get their head around that you go in and you see something for say five dollars in the shop and it's say five dollars eighty or something by the time you come out that's correct Wait, there's no sales it's, tax in the UK? It's it's all included in the price. Oh, what wow. you see written on the shelf is basically what you what you pay when you get to the checkout. <laughs> it's really odd. It was funny. I, another quick funny story. I was in the UK. I checked into my hotel, realized that I forgot my razor. And, of course, I can't grow a beard, but I do grow a little bit that I have to shave and keep this, this clean look. Yeah. So I went down to the local store. I found a pack of Bic razors. And uh, she rang me up. And I didn't know. I just dug in my pocket, grabbed a handful of coins and say, here, ma'am, you can just take what you need. <laughs> I, I did exactly the same in a Walgreens in America when I was over at a shot show. I, I was like, I don't get how your coins work. Yeah. Like, like you can tell as well, it's sort of the smaller sizes to the bigger sizes of the bigger denominations. And I'm just like, just, just take what you need. Handed a literally a handful of um, shrapnel, as we call it. Just loose change. Right. Um, and it was just like that, just whatever you need, take. And then I actually had enough in change because I didn't bother spending it. So she just managed to pay for the entire thing in change. <laughs> That's great. So, yeah, I figured it out by the time I left, though, I think. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's, once you get your head around any currency, it's understandable, but... When you go somewhere and it's completely alien and you're only there for say a week, you're just sort of like, just take what you need. I don't know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, that's pretty much summed up everything. Really, it's been eye-opening talking to you. Um, certainly to hear about what's your side. I mean, I could easily sit here and talk all night, but uh, unfortunately, we're going to limit the shows to about an hour and a quarter in length. So. Okay. Um, but yeah thank you very much for coming on and um, telling us more uh, where can the guys find you uh, though my only presence I have is social media on social media is IG and uh, it's just one legion underscore superfly uh, my email uh, is really easy it's just one legion dot superfly at gmail dot com uh, I try to answer everyone's DM I try to answer every email I get uh, just give me some time I do get quite a lot of messages just depends on the day but I'll try to get back to you. I suppose with 50,000 followers, you're yeah. going to get a lot of messages coming through. Yeah, but I, I really try and work really hard to answer every message that I get. I, you know, I, I don't want anyone to feel like 
I'm not reachable or anything like that. Look, I'm just a normal guy. I'm just a, a normal guy that loves airsoft and just yeah. loves this community. And, you know, I can't wait to see you guys in the field. And hopefully we get to run together sometime. And uh, a lot of people, they, they get taken back because when they see me, I'm the fanboy. I'm running. I'm the one running over and say, hey, can I please have a picture with you? And, you know, it's <laughs> they think they think I'm pulling their leg or something. No, it's. Yeah. What you see is what you get, you know. Uh, I'm no yeah. different on IG than I am in person, and so hopefully we get to meet someday. And Andy, thanks yeah. for having me on. Uh, it's a good Thank time you to very much for your time. it's a good time to stop it too because uh, my daughter's eighth birthday party is 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 today, and I need to get over there. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for taking some time out of your day. It's uh, I'm sure everyone will be interested to have heard what you've got to say about. Um, Airsoft in America, and hopefully one day I'll be able to get over there and sort all my stuff out and get a game in and get some photos in as well because you do take a mean photo. Oh, <laughs> as well. thank you. Yeah, most of my um, photos are done by my my phone, just an iPhone. Yeah, yeah. I think they come out so well. Uh, guys, head on over to iTunes, SoundCloud, um, Podcast Republic, or Castets. Make sure you hit that subscribe or bookmark button. And we'll be back next time with the Airsoft Operators Box. Soup, thanks once again. Well, thank you. Uh, I'll catch you soon. All right. Cheers, guys. Bye. Bye.